Hello everybody, welcome to Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. I'm so glad you tuned into this broadcast today. In just a moment, you and I are gonna get into the Word of God together. We're gonna to take you into a message that came from right here at Legacy Church, Green Mountain Falls, Colorado, right here in this sanctuary. And I'm telling you, the Word of God has the anointing on it to change your life. And what we're going to get into today is so, so important. We're going to talk about guarding the heart. Now, we've been talking some about this, but you need, you need to prioritize this in your life. The Bible says more than anything else you guard, guard your heart. So that's what we're going to get into today. I'll be back to pray with you at the end. Well, if you brought your Bible with you this morning, I want you to go, first of all, to the book of Matthew chapter 13. And while you're looking for Matthew 13, I'm going to remind you, of where we've been over the last several weeks in a series we've been calling Guarding the Heart. Somebody say, my heart, my heart. Is, worth guarding. is worth guarding. Proverbs chapter four, in verse 23, Solomon is writing, speaking to his son, and he said, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Listen to it again from some of these other translations. The New Living Translation says, guard your heart. So when he said keep it, what he was saying was guard it. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Every time we go over this, it hits me in a new way. Your heart, my heart determines the course of our lives. So wherever you are in life right now, you want to know how you got there? Your heart got you there. Your heart has brought you to the place where you are. And there's a lot of people that are quick to give their education the glory for it, quick to give their upbringing, quick to give their connections, their relationships, all the credit for where they are in life. But the truth is, your heart has brought you to where you are. And if there's something going on in life that you don't like or you don't like the place you're in, that's not the time to start questioning and blaming everyone and everything else. What do you do? You start looking inside. Lord, show me what's going on in my heart. Because your heart's brought you to where you are, and your heart will take you to where you're going. He said, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The Young's literal translation said, above every charge, keep thy heart. For out of it are the outgoings of life. And again, the God's Word translation, guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. Listen to these words. Guard your heart more than anything. More than anything. More than anything else, guard your heart. Because he said your life comes out of it. The, the issues of life, like an issue or a well of water, like a spring of water, it's coming up out of your heart. And if what's going on in the heart is toxic or if there's contamination, something going in there that's not pure and not right, it's going to affect everything else in this life. But on the other hand, if what's in here is clean and it's pure, guess what? Everything else is going to be right. Can you see now why he would say, guard it, protect it. Keep it more than anything else that you guard. Then if you back up to the verses leading up to that, Proverbs chapter four, verse 20, he said, my son, give attention to my words. I can almost hear my own dad saying this to me. Jeremy, there's a lot of voices out there. 
There's a lot of people talking. There's a lot of words you could listen to. He said, come on, pay attention to mine. And as parents, we have to do that with kids sometimes, don't we? You're, you're talking to them and all of a sudden their eyes just start to wander and you can see it. The mind is wandering. I think we have a leak in the roof. Does anybody else see that? All right. If we need a bucket in a minute, somebody bring me one. Speaking of being distracted, he said, pay attention to my words. You ever had to say that to your children? Come on, pay attention. What did I tell you? What am I saying to you? Get your eyes and get your ears off of all these other voices, off of every other distraction. He said, my son, pay attention. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Listen to these words. Keep them in. Keep them in. This is what a guard does. And this is what we've been finding out over the last several weeks without even really intending to do that from the beginning of this. We're finding out what the, the function and the assignment of a guard stationed at the door of your heart, what that guard does. He said, keep the words in. Now we think of a guard as somebody who keeps things out and that's right. That's true. But that's not their only job. A guard is also assigned to keep things in. Don't let in what's not supposed to be in there and don't let out what's supposed to stay inside. So a guard, you and I have got to guard our hearts, keeping in what's supposed to be in, keeping out what's supposed to be out. And if you go back and look at what we've talked about over the last several weeks, we've identified things that have no business in the heart of a child of God. Worry, anxiety, fear for the future, these things do not belong inside you. Are you hearing me this morning? So you keep those out, but how do you keep those out? By keeping peace in. What did the scripture say? The peace of God would guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Peace in, worry out, right? We talked about a number of these things. But we've ended up in the book of Matthew chapter, chapter 13, which is the same thing you see in Mark chapter 4, Luke chapter 8. Jesus is telling the parable of the sower. And I'll read it to you once again, Matthew chapter 13, uh, beginning in verse 3, the last part of this verse. He said, Behold, a sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. The birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. He said some or some seed fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. Now, so far this seed, whatever this seed is that this sower is sowing has been sown three times. And it's failed to produce anything. Now, if you weren't aware of, of the kind of ground or the significance of the ground, you might be tempted to think something's wrong with this seed. I've sown this sucker three times and it has not produced anything yet. But that's not where Jesus stopped. He said in verse eight, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30 he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the moment this seed fell on good ground and it actually produced something, that's the moment you know 
nothing wrong with this seed. Can you say that? Nothing wrong with the seed. Nothing's wrong with the seed. So what does that lead you to believe? If it didn't work before, it wasn't the seed's fault. Nothing wrong with the seed. So now you got to go back and find out why didn't it work? It was the ground. It got sown on a ground that wasn't cooperating with the seed. And what you find out from Jesus as he begins to explain this parable, number one, he said, the sower sows, anybody remember? The word, the word of God. He said, this is the seed. And we've talked about it. Everything God does in this life, he does through seed. That's what everything in this world started as a seed, including you, including me. We started this life as a seed. And the miracle of the seed is within it is everything that it will become. Everything that it has the potential to be. And that really starts to stand out to you. If you've ever gone to see some of these trees in Northern California and up the West Coast like that, these, some of these giant redwood trees that stand, what is it, two, 300 feet high or something like that? Giant trees, 90 or 100 feet all the way around. You know that whole thing used to exist in a seed? That whole thing was in a seed. But the Bible says you and I have been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of a incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. That's the big difference between this seed and every other seed in creation, including the one that you were in. Every other seed is corruptible. Every other seed is fallible. Every other seed will eventually decay. Not this one. This one is ever living. This one is undying. This one is incorruptible. And it has within it the potential to produce salvation, the, the potential to produce the healing of your spirit, your soul, and your body. This one has within the seed the ability to produce restoration, the ability to bring joy and to bring peace. All this stuff is in the seed. So the question is, why is it not working? If the seed is supposed to be producing all this in my life, why am I not experiencing it? Why am I not seeing it? And it's a good question. It's a good question that's been answered in a wrong way and a bad way throughout history. And most people, religious people, will chalk it up to the sovereignty of God. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We don't know why God chooses to do this for some and not for others. Some he heals, some he doesn't. Some he delivers, some he doesn't. Why? Uh. Is there anybody else that's just radically dissatisfied with uh? Don't just swallow that pill. Find out from the word. If you want to know why it wasn't working, ask Jesus. He's telling us, but here's the, here's the big truth. Here's what you've got to get. Nothing wrong with the seed. It's not the seed's fault. It's not the, a problem with the seed. Okay. So if it's not the seed, where do we go next? The ground. And when you look at the, all the grounds Jesus was talking about, these are all people. More specifically, these are hearts. He's talking about the word being sown 
into people's hearts. And if it's failing to produce, again, is it a seed problem? No, something's going on in the heart. And we looked at it last week. He said some seed fell by the wayside. You remember what that is? It's that hard packed ground. It was basically the first century equivalent to concrete. It'd be like trying to sow seeds in a parking lot. It's just not going to work, man. Why? Because hard ground can't receive it. And without taking time to go back through all of it, what he was saying there was this is, these are people who hear the word and they don't understand it. They don't, they, it doesn't sink in. Have you ever said that before when you don't understand something? I don't know, man. That's just not sinking in. I'm not seeing that. Well, that's what he's talking about. But again, spiritual things, the things of God are not mentally grasped. They're grasped and, and they're received by the heart. This is where it's got to start. But if the heart is so hard that the, that the seed can't sink in, Jesus said Satan comes immediately and steals the word. And if he steals the word, he has stolen from you all of the potential that was within that seed. And what Jesus was saying to us is people who don't honor this, people who don't value it, they don't understand the value of it. Satan comes and steals it from them and it's like they never heard it. And that right there is most of the rest of this world. Much of the world are people who have no time for what you and I are doing right now. People who put no value on these things. People who have no respect for God or the things of God. It's so funny to me though, isn't it? That the, our critics, the people who criticize us and persecute us for what we believe. Oh yeah, well if there's a God, why this and why that? And why hadn't it happened in my life? It's like, okay, so you, you want to be able to curse him and still get all the good stuff that he has. You have no value for him. You have no time for him. And yet you're mad at him because he's not doing these things in your life. It's a little bit twisted, isn't it? And, and, and people, they lack so much understanding. How could, if there was a God, and if he was such a loving God, how could all these things be happening around the world? Well, it goes back to this. How many of all these people have any value for him, have any time for him, who have actually let his word sink in? He's not obligated to do anything for anybody beyond faith or outside of faith, outside of them putting value on his word. So that's what we talked some about last week. But look at this next kind of ground. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, he said, some seed fell on stony places. Now I have to give you kind of a disclaimer and a heads up right here. Some of what I'm about to say to you I've never said before, I've never seen before the last couple of days, and I know where we're headed. And just as a quick heads up, it might get loud. I'm telling you what you and I are about to see today. It thrills me, it excites me, and if you will open up your heart to see it and receive it, there are life-changing truths in what you and I are about to dig in today. So forgive me if I get a little fired up. It's the fourth. There might, be, there might be some indoor fireworks today a little bit, if you can handle it. Jesus said here again, some seed fell on stony places. Now, don't let that paint a picture in your mind of ground with a bunch of rocks on top. What he's actually talking about, and you'll see it here in a second, is ground that's shallow earth 
with a layer of stone just beneath it, stony places. He said, some seed fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. See, there you see it. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. So all of a sudden you're starting to see what the problems are with this ground. It's different than the wayside ground. That ground was hard. That ground was packed. This ground's different. It's got some earth, just not much. It's got some dirt, but it ain't deep. And he said they sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. Why didn't this word produce what it was capable of producing in their life? They had no root. Now, Jesus explains this in verse 20. He said, he who received the seed on stony places is he, uh, this is he who hears the word, I love this, and immediately receives it with joy. Woo! Now listen, that's a good thing. This is already miles ahead of wayside ground because wayside ground were people who didn't understand it, didn't value it, and check this out, did not respond to it. That's the big thing right there. Your whole life is determined, what do we say? By your heart. Or you could say it like this, your whole life is determined by how your heart responds to the words you've heard. Your whole life is a response. That's what faith is. It's a response. It's a response to the words you heard. And when you responded in faith and made Jesus the Lord of your life, your whole life was headed this way, took a hard right, and now you're heading in the right direction because of your response. Everything's a response. See, wayside ground, totally unresponsive. So hard that they didn't respond. And Jesus was not thrilled with people like this. He asked some of the religious leaders one day, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And it says they kept silent. And the Bible says he looked, at, looked around at them in anger at the hardness of their heart. How'd he know their hearts were hard? No response. They kept silent. But these people are different. These people hear the word and what they do? Received it with joy, man. Got excited about it. Yes, amen, preacher. Man, I grew up in church. I've heard people shout stuff at preachers all my life. Somebody preaching along and they like what they hear. Come on, say it. Maybe you didn't grow up in the church I grew up in. But they holler at preachers. Amen, that's good. Say that, preach it. Sarah and I were in a church service a long, uh, long time ago, years ago. And there was a woman sitting behind us, and every time she liked something the preacher said, she'd shout out, that's delicious. <laughs> that's delicious. And she said it over and over and over. She just back there tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. That's delicious. What is that? That's receiving it with joy. And that's a good thing. That's a response. And it's a good response. And yet there was a problem. He said, again in verse 20, he who receives seed on stony places is he who hears the word, that's good, immediately receives it, that's good, with joy, that's right. Verse 21, though, here's the problem. Yet he has no root in himself. He has no root in himself. 
God's not looking for an amen corner. God's ego is not stroked by you and I shouting amen good word. Now, as your pastor, you hear me say this over and over. Come on, say amen, respond to it, because you need to hear you respond to it. But how many of you know that response is supposed to last longer than right now, right this second? You got to carry that with you, right? It's got to leave the building with you. It's got to get in the car with you. You got to be stirred up about it on the way home. You got to be stirred up about it when you get home. You got to be stirred up and excited about that word when you go to bed. You got to be in faith about it when you get up. You got to have that same joy as you go throughout the day. How many know it's a lot easier to sit up in here and go, oh, amen, that's good, preach it. That's delicious. And then you step out in the so-called real world with a little pressure around you. And then what happens to your joy? Are you still responding to the word or now are you responding to something else? Because Jesus said, this is a problem. He had no root in himself. Here's the issue, but endures only for a while. He endures, but not for very long. You look some of these words up and it literally means for the occasion. It's like getting dressed up for the occasion. And you might look good while you're there, but when you get home, what happens to all those fancy clothes? Man, you lose those and you put something else on. Why? Because well, it's for the occasion. And that's fine if you're talking about that. Not okay when we're talking about how you handle the incorruptible seed of the word of God. It is not enough to be excited for the Sunday morning occasion. It's not enough to receive it with joy and not leave the building with it. He said he endures only for a while. Well, why did he stop? What, what, what happened? Listen, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, listen, immediately. You hear that? Immediately. Right away. Just a moment ago, he was all stirred up about it, shouting amen, that's good, preach it. But immediately, when tribulation shows up, you know what tribulation means? Trouble. Just means trouble. It also can mean pressure. Tribulation is trouble, it's pressure. So if it's tribulation or, notice what else he said, persecution. So these two things Jesus identified as things that come to talk you out of what you were just so excited about. Tribulation, trouble of any kind, and persecution. Somebody showing or demonstrating hostility towards you. Somebody speaking ill of you. He said, when these things show up, because this person had no root immediately, like that, right away. Didn't take any time at all. What happened? Immediately, he said, they stumbled. Now, this is interesting. Let the words paint a picture. In the King James Bible, Jesus said, immediately, you ready? They're offended. They're offended. Now, I don't know that we have a full concept of what offense is or how nasty it is, or how dangerous of a trap it is for us as believers, we need a guard. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit PearsonsMinistries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 